And now, live from ID Studios in Tucson, Arizona, it's... Dear Friends and Family. 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 Dear Friends and Family, how are you? Dear Friends and Family, welcome to Session 9. Woohoo! <laughs> I am once again in the studio alone, but that's okay. It happens from time to time. Lex is currently laying in bed. He's been there for three days. We will get to see a doctor tomorrow, which is great. Well, not great for him because it's going to be tough getting him there, but uh, hopefully we'll get some kind of answers. Anyways, earlier this week, Lex and I had the awesome opportunity to put Sam Cloud in a different seat. This time she was being interviewed instead of being my co-host. And let me tell you, that woman has got an amazing story. She has three generations in her life dealing with mental illness and she smiles every day and she, she finds ways to laugh and raise this amazing family that she has. I've never been prouder to call someone my friend. So without further ado, here's Sam. Okay, dear friends and family listeners, it's that time where we remind you to head over to studioids.com and sign up for our email list. You will receive all of the latest updates, releases, and information about our studio. Also, wherever you are listening, from whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud, please give us a comment, a like, and a share. Thank you for supporting our endeavor to open minds one show at a time. Take it away, Patty and Lex. Welcome back to the show, Sam. Awesome. Thanks for uh, having me on again. Yeah. Well, kind of cool. Yeah, it's really cool because not only did we have you as a host and you covered my ass last week. <laughs> and did a fantastic job. An awesome job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we actually get to interview you. Yeah, as a guest. So exciting. I know, I'm in the other chair now. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite story of Patty? Oh, man. Some of my best memories, honestly, are we sang in choir together. In That's high awesome. school. And I don't know about you, Patty, but there was just something about magic. our group. It was magic. It was magic. This this one year, just this group of us gelled the entire choir. It was intense. It was really intense. Like there are rare moments in your life where mm -hmm. you feel that connected to a group of people. And what happened that year was beautiful. That's awesome. And those are some of my favorite memories is, you know, traveling to NAU mm. and competing <laughs> and standing on a stage and moving those big Big ass bricks because, <laughs> because Mayhew, yeah, that's yeah, right, Mayhew, Mayhew, I'm calling you out, uh -huh. <laughs> felt that we weren't singing a slave song to the right degree. Right, of right, right, right. So right. we literally, he lined us up on this stage, made us sing the song over and over again for our entire like choir hour lifting the bricks and setting them down for the next person to pick up yeah what yeah because yeah. yeah, we weren't Cause we, we yeah. weren't feeling it dude we wow. were not slave enough for him that's crazy <laughs> but the thing was he was genius yeah he was totally genius because it turns out like that song was so popular in our high school <laughs> that year that we wound up actually doing it live at the dance performance at the end of the year for the dance class like the top dance class to perform wow yeah. singing it's singing we were singing acapella singing live and the dance class was dancing like it yeah. was it was just this phenomenal thing and at the end of the year 
we, you know, at the very end of the year, like last day, we all met up in the choir room and we sang that song oh together yeah, we did. and recorded it. And it's, it's still to this day, like one of my most cherished memories. Actually, I, we got to figure out how to get that on here for this. Oh, we do. So what were you diagnosed with and how did you get here? So I've had kind of an interesting path through mental illness for pretty much all my life. I'll start kind of with my background a little bit. My mom was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia somewhere along the lines of my teenage years. She definitely demonstrated symptoms long before that. (laughs) Uh, So growing up with mom was quite a challenge. She did things like, for example, my freshman year in high school. I'm coming from a private school, a private Catholic school. And entering public school for the first time. And it's high school, so I'm a freshman and I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) And here comes my mom on the second day of school. And she, she comes to my classroom, you know, because she was my parent. So she had a copy of my schedule. She knocks on the classroom door and she tells my teacher that uh, there's a family emergency and pulls me out into the hall to kind of chat with her about what's going on. And as she gets me into the hallway, she tells me, Sam, we need to leave now. No one here is real. Everyone is a hired actor. (laughs) Oh, Everyone here has been hired by the CIA because they're spying on me and we need to leave now. Oh, my. Uh-oh. So how did you react to that? I mean, you're a freshman in high school. Right. Second day of school. Oh, wow. (laughs) Really, my reaction was, oh, shit. (laughs) There's something very wrong here. Something is very wrong. Yes. And back then, I, I hadn't gone through the education that I have now. So to me, mom was just fucking losing it basically (laughs) sorry if we have to censor that but no no. we don't (laughs) you know it it kind of hit me like a deer in headlights I mean she'd been doing strange things up until that point so it wasn't a shocker but it was really kind of like a oh shit we're in public things are happening and I'm not sure what to do got a hall pass out of my teacher I ran to the office my mom was literally running down the high school hallways chasing me screaming my name Oh and wow. most humiliating thing Welcome ever. Welcome to high school, Sam. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, that, that's definitely going to suck. It was, <laughs> the struggle was real. <laughs> 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 I can really say that. I'm just saying. You know, I, I ran to the office and I remember having this really negative interaction with the receptionist at kind of the principal's administration office. And I told her I needed to use the phone. And she told me that there was a payphone outside. What? what? And I said, no, you don't understand. It's an emergency. I need to call my dad. And she told me there's a payphone outside for students. And I remember slamming my fist on her desk and going, God damn it. My mother is on this campus. She is having a nervous breakdown. Either you give me the goddamn phone so I can call my dad or I will raise a fucking circus up in here. Literally at that moment, my mom is running by the office window looking completely crazed. Wow. And I kind of pointed like, you see what I'm talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, lady. Like, lady, let me use the damn phone already. Like, you can't make this up, you know? (laughs) And so she just kind of quietly slid her phone across the desk towards me and I called my dad and I just said hey you need to come to my school and pick up my mom I don't know what's going on but she has lost it and you need to come get her like right now my whole life has been impacted by mental illness I myself am diagnosed with a mental illness I was diagnosed in my really my 30s uh, my my low 30s 
And I also have a daughter with mental illness. So I'm kind of a three generational hitter. (laughs) On top of that, uh, because my life has been so immersed in mental health issues, I am also a social worker. I went to school for social work. And that's awesome. And it's just kind of where I find my fulfillment, I guess. I to me, the more insane you are, the more sense you make to me. That's what I know. So it works. What ended up happening with your mom? So right now, unfortunately, my mom is kind of a a sad story. As I got older, you know, entered college, became educated, I found out kind of what the mental health system was here in Arizona, which, by the way, it's a mess. (laughs) Very much a mess. Very, very much a mess. (laughs) It is. And it's a mess across the country that that goes without saying. And then you throw in our juvenile system and our legal system and and all these other things that are a mess and and contribute. But long story short with my mom, once I became an adult, I started petitioning her into court-ordered treatment, which for folks that don't know, the process is a nightmare. (laughs) Basically, anyone can petition anyone. Really, if you've directly observed that someone is a danger to themselves, a danger (laughs) to others, or they are persistently and acutely disabled because of their mental illness... You can apply, you can fill out an application to basically petition a court to order her to be, or him or her, to be evaluated by two psychiatrists and potentially ordered into treatment. So how old were you when you were doing this petitioning Um, for your mother? I think the first time I was around 21, 22, and my mom was just really decompensating. She has paranoid schizophrenia, so one of her largest delusions is that the CIA is watching her, that the government is after her. I I, I got something to say real quick. Sure. Why is it that every delusional person on the planet thinks the CIA is blame the CIA. Okay, so (laughs) are are they onto something that we don't know? Maybe it's not. Like, maybe they're crazy. not crazy. Because <laughs> well, it's all the same. Well, and here's the funny thing. It's when you're suffering from that type of delusion, you really truly believe that you are the insightful one. You have been enlightened. <laughs> oh, wow. And everyone else wow. is in the dark. So wow. you can imagine how resistant someone suffering from such a condition is to yeah. getting any kind of treatment. So this is they're goes, always right. Right. And, yeah. and we just we just don't know. We're in the dark and we don't realize we haven't opened our eyes yet. To... Yeah, we're, we're in the dark and, the, mm-hmm. and there's this conspiracy that we just don't know about. Yeah. And, and all of her stuff focused around that. And I will say on her behalf, she did work for the IRS for most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can think understand. that would drive anybody crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, can, you can understand where some of those delusions might have stemmed from. I actually, I want to go ahead and move on to your mental illness. Now. Okay. When were you diagnosed with your mental illness? So I have a traumatic history to a degree. I was sexually assaulted okay. in 2010, pretty violently hospitalized. And as a result of that, I was diagnosed with PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. It's basically where you encounter a traumatic event and it becomes all encompassing. I would have nightmares. I would have flashbacks to where I felt like I was right back in the middle of the assault. Wow. What really triggered me seeking help was having panic attacks. The first one I ever had, I was driving and I had to pull over because it did literally feel like I was having a heart attack. Oh, wow. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. Oh yeah. It's it's really <laughs> intense. I mean, you feel like you cannot take a breath. You feel like you're dying. It feels like the entire world is sort of like 
pressing against you literally everything is just caving in and you have no sense of what's real absolutely for those of you that don't know patty does deal with anxiety anxiety and panic attacks yeah (laughs) depression yeah first one I had, I I had to pull over and I kind of thought I was dying. And my initial reaction was to go, okay, I don't know what that was, but clearly something's wrong. So I went to my primary care doctor, told her what happened, and she thought that I was having panic attacks and she went ahead and prescribed a medication to treat it. The medication scared me. I'm not a big med taker in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I just really, I don't know. I was uncomfortable with the idea of having to medicate myself to be functioning. That seemed like a foreign concept to me. I did take them, but they had a lot of bad side effects. You know, they they really messed with my stomach. And I found out there's a chemical reason for that. It binds to certain chemicals in your stomach first before working its way up to your brain and actually regulating things. So (laughs) basically your stomach wreaks havoc on you for the first like three or four weeks of taking any medication that's like anti-anxiety SSRI type thing. That would explain a few things. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, the the funny thing about it is nowadays it's like why why can you make such a badass pill to help you with so many ailments but you can't take care of the damn side effects well and then you you get the doctors that are prescribing more medication on top Uh of the medication to treat the side to treat the side effects i know that's when i was like i need another solution yeah Yeah. like it's okay so i have to tell you about my first panic attack it totally freaked me out (laughs) did you think you were dying yeah i was in the middle of walmart Oh God! At oh Christmas God! Time. That's literally anxiety. At ridden. Christmas time, <laughs> I got lost oh, in no. the garden center where okay. there was a lot of Christmas stuff, and everyone and is the there. entire world started caving in on me, and I just stood there, my eyes wide open, couldn't move, couldn't breathe, couldn't talk. My brother found me just standing there. He's like, "Where have you been? I've been do looking you, for you." Do you lose sound? I yeah, lose sound. Can't, can't hear. Yeah, you almost go deaf to a degree. Like it's a physical reaction. A fight or flight. Yeah, it's a fight yep. or flight it sure uh, is. reaction. Except that with this, there's no reason for it. Yeah. It just comes right. out of nowhere. Exactly. It's All right, so just what, triggered. What did you do with this? Like, okay, you now you you just had your first panic attack. You're right. freaking out. Like what you know, you know something's wrong. What do you do? Well, so like I said, I went I went to the doctor and she prescribes this medication. And for the next like month, I'm literally in the bathroom like every hour. And to me, the panic attacks were less intrusive than the the side effects. I mean, you know, it just got to the point where I was like, it's not worth it. I'm not feeling that much better. I can't even say I'm having less panic attacks. So forget it. Like I'm just done. (laughs) Quit taking medication and proceeded on this spiral of trying to either self-medicate or learn different coping skills. I tried therapy and I got to say, Dina, shout out to you. (laughs) You saved me, man. You were incredible. I went to this fantastic psychiatrist, psychologist, I think. I can never keep them straight. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I'm the same way. And and here's the thing, you know, a lot again, a lot of this stems from the assault, which was a double slap in the face because I've worked for sexual assault advocacy agencies yeah. Yeah. 
for like a decade at the point of which I was sexually assaulted. So oh, it was, wow. Right. It was, so I, not, o- not only did this happen, but you'd already been dealing with this. With survivors. Yeah. Absolutely. I knew the ins and outs. I knew how crazy I was going to get. It doesn't matter how much you know. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. It really doesn't. It, And I hate to say it, but I guess I was kind of like the, I know so much about this. It'll never happen to me again yeah. kind of thing. You know, I had experiences when I was younger, but. It did. And it was really tough for me to deal with. As a matter of fact, I was such a participator in the community of advocacy. I knew all the forensic examiners. I knew all the sexual assault detectives. I knew all the emergency room charge nurses and doctors that treat our survivors. And it was mortifying to me that I would have to go and get help and admit that it had happened to me too. And now, our cause of the month. So tell us a little bit about your situation. What, you know, what were you diagnosed with? I felt a lump in my breast doing a personal mammogram, which I never did, but for some reason I did that day. I found a lump. Um, It felt very angry and different than normal. So I, long story short, I went and got it looked at and um it came back positive for breast cancer so i was diagnosed on march 7th at 7:19 in the morning on my way to work i got a call saying you know yes your test came back positive and as soon as you hear positive and breast cancer the rest of it is wah, 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 wah. <laughs> it's like charlie For brown sure. i bet um i am considered cancer free as of now yes nice congratulations yeah. thank you I'm going through reconstruction. And what what does that mean for you? Good, because I didn't want to ask. Because I'm like, ah, it, well, I'm assuming she's getting new boobs, but that's exactly that's just me. That's what that's yeah. Um, because of my well, when I first heard I had the breast cancer, the first mm. thing I told my doctor was just take them. I don't want them. Just take them if it's gonna make it go away. I but they really put a lot of thought into it, and they mm. make you really think about what you're gonna do because of my age. They really wanted to just go ahead and do the double mastectomy, which is what I wanted. So we have this awesome opportunity as a community. So Amber does have health insurance and the health insurance has a deductible. And this is why we are trying to raise some money for Amber. She started the process to have um, reconstructive surgery because, you know, from all of her cancer treatment and everything, her deductible was full but the process has gotten stretched out into this year. So now there's a new deductible and she has to try and continue with this reconstructive surgery is going to have to pay out of pocket basically until that deductible is covered. And when we heard this, we really wanted to help out and just really like, Oh, Hey, there's a, there's a cause we can help out with, you know, save the boobies save the tatas. Save the tatas. <laughs> well, we have a real life, save the tatas situation here. Exactly. You know? This is extremely important. If you would like to hear Amber's full story, please go to session two on dear friends and family. You can check it out at studioids.com. Also, if you'd like to help us save the tatas, you can also check it out at studioids.com. And so I fled. Wow. I fled Tucson. I went to another city and I was hospitalized for a few days in another county. 
and I refused to report because the person knew where I lived and knew I had children. And oh, wow. I was fearful. I've worked enough sexual assault cases as an advocate that I know exactly how it turns out in the legal system. And right. it's not in my favor for sure. So right. I wasn't interested in pursuing that and, and potentially putting my family in danger. So I, I chose not to report. And some people may have things to say about that, but <laughs> you're entitled to your opinions. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I ventured on this journey of PTSD. And then in seeing my therapist, she finally said, hey, I think you have an anxiety disorder. The panic attacks are not just from the, the PTSD. She didn't recommend meds, which I really liked about her. That's awesome. She focused more on coping skills and what did I have control over. And she was phenomenal. And I'm sure she thought I was a hot mess. And that's okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think most people that see a therapist, their therapist thinks they're a hot mess. Well, okay. I mean, right? the, the, <laughs> I, I got to say, though, like, and honestly, how would you not be a hot mess after yeah, something like that? Seriously. Sure. I sure. mean, I, I don't care who you are. You're going to be a hot mess and a half after that. When you make a really good point, it was like I was holding myself to this higher standard because I knew so much about about the experience and mm -hmm. and the trauma of it and what it does to survivors that I should somehow be above experiencing that. And as it turns out, nope, sure no. was not above yeah. <laughs> experiencing also, all of it. I also think that that's a really powerful message to people. Yeah. Like here's someone who has worked in this field for 12 years, you know, yeah. 12 plus years in the field and it happens to you. And you don't react any differently than any other normal human being. No, I so, acted crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because something really crazy happened. Exactly. And I so, lost control over my body. The one thing that we should have complete control over at any given time. And the thing is, is that I'm a strong believer that experience really is more pertinent than the knowledge. Because you can have the sure knowledge. Is. I mean... That's that's what makes an amazing social worker, what makes an amazing psychiatrist is somebody who is actually, God forbid, they've equally gone... Equally messed up. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're equally messed up, but they've gone to school and they've gone on that other side Yeah. and are able to help. I've had therapists in my past and I've... People can tell you, I've always hated going to therapists. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you. It's just like, dude, no way. Like, I hate when somebody tries to sit there and tries to like book me. They just try right, to tell right. me everything from the really book. you've had really bad therapists. Yes, but I've had really good ones. Not many. But when I did, they were people that could relate with me. You know, even my That's social exactly workers. That's exactly it. Yeah. You it's, know? it's either you're being judged and assessed or you're just having a conversation yeah. and processing out what, what you're feeling and thinking. And it's a fine line. <laughs> you know, it was a challenge. And at that point, I did have my bachelor's degree already. Yeah. I was in the master's program. I'm nine credits away from my master's mm -hmm. degree, but... You know, as a result of my diagnosis and kind of all the trauma, I didn't make it all the way through the master's program. Yeah. I, I fell short. I was destroying my relationship with my amazing fiance. Everything was just falling apart. I was a terrible mom. Just everything felt wrong. And somewhere along the line, you know, I just kind of had to dumb it down to basics <laughs> and start taking care of myself. That's awesome. what it came down to. I had to go, okay, it's not my fault, which, you know, there were lots of times where I grappled with that. I think at some point, six months into my recovery after being diagnosed and everything else, I kind of 
had a flashback where I remembered that during the assault, somebody was either running like a weed whacker or a lawnmower or a chainsaw. It was that kind of noise. Yeah, yeah. Like a neighboring house or something. I happened to hear the same sound and it triggered a memory where for the longest time I had believed that I hadn't said anything during the assault, that I hadn't shouted for help or said no, or that I just kind of like let it happen because it completely took me by surprise and shocked me and I went into like just freak out mode like I froze and went into shock when it was occurring and I have this flashback. Which is natural. Absolutely. Which you have to learn to forgive yourself for that because <laughs> it is natural. But I mean, it's just a, it's a bodily function. It's that right. protection mode, you know? And about, I don't know, six months into therapy, I have this moment where this flashback comes. And I remember that I was screaming. I was screaming for help. And there was a chainsaw or a lawnmower in the background. Wow. And nobody could hear. Right. And that powerless came back. Right. But it was also very vindicating almost yeah Uh, suddenly i was like i i did fight back like nice because the one thing about ptsd is it it impacts your memory totally and anxiety as well both very much impact what you can recall your short-term memory things kind of blank out and it gets really frustrating and once i received the anxiety disorder i kind of looked back over my life and realized that honestly i've had anxiety my whole life <laughs> yeah. i can look we back both at have things. i can look yeah. back at you and i hang out in we were best school. friends in high school we so <laughs> which was awesome <laughs> yeah that's the thing is i look back at my childhood and i go oh my god I was showing symptoms of an anxiety disorder from the time I was like a toddler. (laughs) (laughs) And it was almost really vindicating as well to be able to say, this is why I've always felt like I didn't fit in, like I wasn't normal. You know, self-esteem. Right. My self-esteem was in the toilet. You know, I very much was like, what's wrong with me? Why do I freak out in social situations? Totally. Why do I have all these repetitive behaviors like... I have to wash my hands twice. Yeah. I can't just do it once. I, I could easily be diagnosed with OCD. <laughs> I, and, and I'm not saying that because it's a popular term. I really, truly clinically could be diagnosed with that as well. I think I just kind of, my therapist and I agreed. Let's just let's, not go there. Yeah. Right. We'll just leave it and handle it all as Unless it is. Unless it becomes like out of control <laughs> or something. So now, after all of this, you're going through all your therapy and stuff like my that. own stuff yeah your own stuff <laughs> uh-huh. like you have to deal with something else don't you i sure did good uh, lord this year my 14 year old daughter started showing symptoms of depression she's always been this incredibly social nurturing just outgoing upbeat young lady she's very sweet she is <laughs> she has just the most golden heart you could imagine she's incredible And she doesn't know it, unfortunately. Just like her mama. (laughs) (laughs) We're a work in progress. (laughs) But this year, you know, she's had a few kind of social issues. She's had some like online bullying and. Right. She was experiencing cyberbullying. She was uh, having fallouts with several friends. Just kind of a lot of really social issues coming up that were causing her a lot of problems. She's not got a relationship with her biological father, and that's Ooh. kind of contributed. And as she's become a yeah. teenager, become more prevalent. And and we'd had a lot of grief and loss in our family. We'd had several very close loved ones pass away in like a three, four year period. Wow. Yeah. So this past year, we start noticing that 
Sky's always been kind of this girl that she just lights up a room. She's always got this beautiful mane of hair mm-hmm. that she has done up. And she's <laughs> just got, like her mama. She always has. <laughs> Aw, too kind. She's always got, you know, her makeup on and just very particular about how she looks. And we started noticing that suddenly she wasn't caring about how she looked anymore. Mm. Not to say that she was looking bad. She's gorgeous, even if I'm biased. But <laughs> she's gorgeous. It's all good. She used to, you know, she would get up at five in the morning to get ready for school. And then she started getting up as we're walking out the door kind of thing and it was just it was out of character for her and then she started isolating she went from being this outgoing funny person that was always kind of hanging with our entire family we're a big family we call ourselves the bat family (laughs) (laughs) it's it's myself and my fiance and and our five children and uh there's a reason we're friends yeah (laughs) i mean mean, seriously and listeners just so you guys know patty is listening to this show and herself through a set of batman Batman. headphones (laughs) (laughs) that's how much she loves batman yes (laughs) absolutely so my fiance is batman and i'm catwoman and our our kiddos are our little bat cubs (laughs) 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 so we're this giant family and we are in a tight quarters right now and so we've always kind of shared our space and been very social with each other and we noticed her withdrawing from that as well and uh, then the cyberbullying kind of picked up they were actually creating fake profiles on instagram oh my god wow. they were they were stealing her pictures from her real profiles like on facebook and that kind of thing and kind of creating this fake profile with her name on instagram posting her photos and then tagging all her friends, everyone they went to school with, and talking just horrible things. Wow. I'm, she didn't even have an account at the time. So she would get to school the next day. And everyone would be like, oh, my God, Sky, did you see what was posted about you? Wow. So Wow, that's wow. crazy. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. horrible. All these stressors combined led Sky to her breaking point. She really just hit the end of her coping skills. And she's young. She's yeah. 14. She's very young. You know, she's discovering kind of, you know, she's entering, she's in puberty now. And of course, discovering guys and relationships and kind of all the stuff that goes with that. One night, she finds out that her best friend at the time kind of did some intimate things with Sky's current boyfriend at the time. And Sky lost her ability to cope. I think she was crying. That's just too much. Yeah, and she went into the bathroom and wiped her face off and came out and grabbed uh, a bottle of pain relievers over the counter, but still. Yeah. And basically swallowed them all. Oh, my God. And then came and told me a few minutes later after she panicked. While we'd seen the signs of depression... We, my fiance included, is is also a social worker. (laughs) And so here are two social workers raising this child and and noticing small signs, but not apparently getting the real picture because she was at the end of her rope, didn't know what else to do. And she came and told me, Mama, I just swallowed a whole bottle of ibuprofen. And she just started crying. And we rushed to the hospital and we were embarking on our daughter's mental health journey at wow. that point. So it was it was rough. It was difficult to 
number one, accept that there's nothing I can do about this and it's not my fault yeah. <laughs> because I, like you have to go through the same process that you went through with your mother, with my mom, with yeah. me, <laughs> literally. Well, I got to say though, I got to say that you are an amazingly strong woman <laughs> to be <laughs> going through all of this, just stressing stuff. And the fact that you haven't snapped that's Yet. that you know. yeah no well no. really really i did but i came back yeah you know? I, I came well, back from it and got stronger <laughs> yes exactly but the, what i'm saying is this more along the lines of the fact that you are still smiling you're still like this radiant woman who is oh yeah she commands a room when she walks in it yeah for sure. you know and so <laughs> that that is huge i mean going through so much and still being able to smile. I mean, there's people who are going through this stuff and have gone through it for years and they're shut-ins. They're just, absolutely they can't get past it. I just, I commend you because I, I love the fact that listening to some of your story and now knowing that every time you come into the studio, you've got this amazing smile on your face. <laughs> Holy crap. Like, damn. Like, well, you know, my kids taught me that laughter really is the best medicine. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. As I came out of kind of my my own diagnosis and, and you know, we moved into what was happening with my daughter, what kept us all going was laughing. Yeah. Okay, so when you really need to laugh, when you're just like, okay, I am so frustrated, I need fun, I need to laugh, what do you do? Lip syncing battles. With your kids. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. We are a outrageous family. <laughs> we really are. We do ridiculous things They're like awesome. play around and lip sync. We all love to sing or deal with music in some way, shape, or form. And we just like to be loud together. We tell everyone like we are the party. We bring them <laughs> because that's how we roll, you that's know? That's awesome. <laughs> and what it really got down to was, you know, having fun with the family and taking time out to do things together. We do a lot of kind of like naturalistic stuff. We go hiking, we go up to Mount Lemon. We try to experience new things together. It was really big for us a few years back to take the kids to Disneyland and to the beach in California. Mm. Some of our kids had never experienced the ocean before. Nice. And so it was literally our entire family's first time together on a beach. That's awesome. That's so cool. And it was the most incredible thing. And those moments, those little moments are what I have goose pimples right now thinking <laughs> about it because they're so beautiful. Yeah. And for all the anxiety in the world, even when I do randomly have a panic attack, what brings me back is the things that have tied me to the ground and the things that bring me laughter and joy. That's and that's my awesome. family. Awesome. And singing. I love singing. Yeah. Yes. So yes. I love singing with you. <laughs> we love singing together. I want to say that I am so very grateful. Like Aww. you and I were such amazing friends. Sam sent me my first year of college Aww. recorded cassette tapes of her talking to me and I'm such a nerd. music that we love. And I've I still have it. It's sitting right there in front of me. Sam has always been so important to me and we lost contact for a really long time. And in the last like six months, we've just reconnected and it's like we've never stopped being friends. I love it. It love literally. It, love it. And yeah. now our kids go to school together. <laughs> our kids, our kids are real. like by accident, not on purpose. Yeah, it like, just worked out that way. Soleil <laughs> and Lavana are like the best of friends. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, we're raising our kids together now. I know, I love it. Great. Totally love it. Guys, you guys are so awesome. 
Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I I would say that all, in all seriousness, back to back to our actual topic, I would say that you know to other folks out there that have experienced mental illness in whatever capacity, whether it be yourself or a loved one, it can get better. It really, really can, yeah. and it doesn't have to be medication. That's okay. No, you it's, just have to find the right treatment. That's it. It's whatever works for you. And I swear I to you, I love that. It I love can that. get better. I can laugh. I can laugh again. I can smile. Totally. And I love my life right now. If I can go through the ridiculousness that I've gone through, <laughs> you know, the things that you can't make up, but people think you're crazy when you say things like, "Yeah, my mom, my mom tried to tell me the CIA was taking over the school." <laughs> I'll always laugh with you about that. <laughs> I, I always won. Like in high school, I always won those. Like my mom is the worst. I won those contests. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, you just need to find what you love and what you care about, and that's what will get you through. That's awesome. Thank you so much again for being on the show. Thank you. This has been an amazing time. This is awesome. This was a lot of fun. Yes, definitely. (laughs) I love you so much. Oh, I love you too. And now our hero of the week. Dear Sky, you're my hero, Miha. The things that you have experienced in your short 14 years and the strength that you have to smile every day and to face the day with no fear is some of the most inspiring things I've ever seen. You inspire me every day. I think you're one of the most beautiful creatures that has ever graced the planet. And I'm so, so lucky, so lucky to be your mom. I love you, you're beautiful, and you're amazing. Love, Mama Bear. Thank you, Sky, for being a dear friends and family hero. Our heroes. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> so if you have somebody in your life, if you were struggling through a really hard time, and somebody just sort of stepped in and saved your day. Saved your butt. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear about that person. Send us your messages, and maybe your hero will be recognized on our show. Well, my dearest friends and family listeners, I hope that you have enjoyed this show as much as I have. I would really like to encourage you all to head on over to studioids.com. There you can sign up for our email list and get updates on the studio and our little family. I would also like to really encourage all of you to support Amber, our cause of the month. We are coming down to the end. This is the last, last time, last push. Let's see if we can really help this woman save her tatas. Also, we have released Dolo, the narrator's landing page, where you can sign up for his email list and receive a free download of his mixtape, Mixed Down by DJ Lexicon. And with that, I hope that you all have a beautiful week. Sincerely, Lex and Patty.